0: Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Salt Pepper Ketchup. Salt Pepper Ketchup. It's the podcast about healing that's powerful, authentic, and culturally relevant. Why you don't do your healing no more? I don't know. (laughs) You just not feeling it no more?
1: I don't know. It's done. I think it might be. okay. See, like every time I I say it, I be like
0: pausing and then I will be waiting for you to do it and Uh you don't do it. And I'm like, okay. Say Uh this,
1: this, Culturally relevant, powerful, and about healing.
0: (laughs) There you go. I mean, things can change. You ain't got to do it no more. I just, I was just like used to it. So you know, my, my it's back. It's my, back. my steady energy. You just switch up on me like that. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, I'm in a crazy. I know, I know, right? She's like, I don't feel it no more. It's done. It's done. It's a wrap. Okay. <laughs> I'm Zoha, and I am Angel, and we back for another week.
1: Yes, we are back, and Chris is joining us for today's show. Yes.
0: Hey, hello, hello.
1: <laughs> Jeez, Chris. Jeez,
0: how was your week man shit
1: um it was okay it was a good week <laughs> i did i did i got a lot of stuff done this week um i had some moments of reflection and observation about uh stepping out of my lane mm-hmm. and, and being of support um and being clear about when i need to use my voice and when i don't Okay. so that was um, that was very good around these parts. I mean, it was an opportunity for reinforcing some of what I already know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So that was good. The other exciting thing that happened this week is that the Treehouse, which is a nonprofit that. Zoha, Chris and I and, and a bunch of other friends are building together. The Treehouse Enterprise launched today. Hello. So we had a face. We have a Facebook launch today where we're talking about our work and who we are and our vision and what we do. Um, the Treehouse Enterprise is a nonprofit that works to create transformational and um, Sustainable environments where people are able to heal, Mm -hmm. families are able to grow, and communities are able to mobilize.
0: That's right. Right. And this came from all of our collective work at nonprofits or creating... um, ways to connect and give back to the community. And we was like, yo, we need a non-profit. Yes, we did. Because, you know, we do big things.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were like, fuck it, let's build it ourselves. Yeah,
0: yeah. After seeing it done so many times in ways that we thought could have been done differently, differently. Yep. yeah
1: so that's what we're doing so check us out at the dot that's the treehouseenterprise.org. and i'll put that in the description yeah thank you and we're also on facebook so check us out on facebook treehouse um enterprise on facebook
2: chris how was your week my week has been great Uh I- I work in the school system, so we were were wrapping everything up for the. He's like,
0: yeah, it's great. Fuck it, it's closed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you know, just watching you know my little ladies they graduate this coming Tuesday. My twins, and so you know I'm sort of in that transition period of uh, being dad. uh, You know, well, you know, always going to be dad, but just watching them grow. Mm -hmm. You know, they're attending the. The festival this weekend that's going on in D.C. and just like just remembering my time at that, at that age. So um, it's a lot of reflection going on. And um, and yeah, just self-reflection as well as just that, that reflection period of being being a father and whatnot. You know what I mean? So it's been a good week. It's been a good week.
0: Happy Father's Day. Thank you. It. <laughs>
1: yes, happy Father's Day. It is Father's Day and Juneteenth on yeah, the day that a lot we're going recording. On this week.
0: Oh my God! Yeah. So
1: we decided to talk about fatherhood and Juneteenth. Yeah, let's today. let's
0: let's knock them all out the park. Like <laughs>
1: <laughs> compassion and forgiveness as well. Yeah. Um.
0: We doing a lot today. <laughs> we
1: are doing a lot today, but you know we can handle it over here.
0: It's all right. All good. So Juneteenth. Yes. What's the significance of a Juneteenth? <clears throat> Why do we? African Americans celebrate Juneteenth. Actually, I'm black. I don't know about that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: well, black folks celebrate June, Juneteenth because it's an acknowledgement of when enslaved Africans were finally released to freedom in um, in June, in the summer of, of 19, 1865. Now, we all know that the Emancipation Plot proclamation took place in 1863 so they were still enslaved africans two years past when formal um, end of slavery took place, and so we acknowledge Juneteenth and celebrate it for that reason. A lot of people say we celebrate Juneteenth because it's the ending of slavery. That's not the case. Yeah. It's very specific to a group of two hundred thousand Africans that were enslaved in Texas.
0: Yes, in Galveston, Texas, they were the last to receive the word of uh, our supposed freedom mm-hmm. two and a half years later. Yep. Because America, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, capitalism—that's where we live, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and so it's a you know, a part of healing is ancestral veneration, and um, this podcast is about healing, and we, um, participate in our ancestor veneration in our personal lives, mm-hmm. and uh, Juneteenth um, extends that uh, celebration. Um, in a way for us by acknowledging and um, making sure that we um, acknowledge this day yeah, yeah a
1: collective like, celebration
0: yeah it's a yeah. collective yeah thank mm-hmm. you for the word. Yeah. yeah
1: you're welcome we were talking earlier about how growing up in DC in the 80s and the 90s we had a lot of interaction with folks who taught us about our history and so we knew about juneteenth and very we knew early on yeah, yeah in, in our childhood dc yeah. emancipation day which is in april which mm-hmm. is the day when black folks in dc were set free mm-hmm. so you know i think it goes well there's a thank you <laughs> that needs to be said to all of our educators and folks who work in human services who taught us our history in the in the Value of Juneteenth and why we celebrate it.
0: Yeah, I think we were like in those schools who rolled over from that pro-black space that existed in at the the seventies, and our teachers were the students of that. Yeah, and so when they became teachers, they maintained a lot of those pro-black aesthetics, and that's what was peppered into their teaching. most of my history that's i went to college because i thought i wanted to be a history teacher and then i switched to journalism cuz i was like history's fucked up and it makes me angry <laughs> 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 uh, and but most of my history teachers were very super po- pro black And did not, I didn't get the whitewashed history that a lot of young people got. We didn't talk about no motherfucking Boston Tea Party. None of My history teacher kept that shit real. He was like, these motherfuckers was trying to do this, and they wanted us to do that, and this is why we have this. Right, (laughs) right, right. The
1: way history should be taught. Right,
0: right. It wasn't, you know, very um, watered down history. Slavery was talked about in depth. We were. Um, we went to see movies about slavery. Um, I remember going to see Mississippi Burning mm-hmm. in sixth grade. We went to see. Um, we even saw Joe Clark through school. Like, oh what was yeah, both definitely. On me. mean on me. Yeah, we saw lots of. Yeah. We, they we watched, made us watch
1: Roots. We watched Glorious. Yes, all watched, of that. We watched yeah, all of yeah. it. So
0: yeah, it was not um, a school uh, that was. You know, that where we didn't have, we had a very big black experience. Yeah, we
1: had it? a robust <laughs> black experience at our schools. And, you know, I think that talking about this right now makes it highlight how important educators are. Yeah. yeah. Educators are so integral to the the community.
0: Oh, my God. And especially educators that are passionate. Yes. About what they're teaching. Yeah. You know, we've all had educators who are not who are dispassionate and who have right. are just going through the motions. But I think that's what you know impacted me so much as a kid and made me so hungry for knowledge was that I had such passionate black women and black men educators who were dedicated to making sure that we learned and not that just we learned. To, to a test
1: Right Right But the,
0: that we learned We were educated
1: Yeah we were critical thinkers Yes We can problem solve Right Yeah It was mm-hmm. a
0: very um, Big I remember one of my um, Teachers In the second grade I had her second And third grade Miss Adams um, Oh, Girl that girl Will pop you, uh, <laughs> you We grew up in the schools But you yeah, can get it yeah. The teacher still <laughs> hit you yeah. um, She would She uh, would in the middle of the day, we would have French lessons, which was not normal for mm-hmm. a elementary school right. in the hood. Right? I, you know, I grew up in Southeast DC. Not, and I'm not talking about Capitol Hill. I'm talking about Anacostia. Right. Um, <laughs> <is> a <laughs> There's a difference. There's a difference. And is, the schools were like, different.
1: They were different.
0: Um, and you know, she was like, we had an hour. Uh, French in the afternoon and so like second and third grade I was in her class so it was when I went to eighth grade and French was mandatory it all like flooded back to me oh wow you know what I mean so like that made it easy I should have taken it in college but I just was like I don't want to learn. I don't know I just wasn't interested in learning yeah French.
1: I had to learn French too and I, I hated it yeah I, I all the
0: conjugation it. and
1: All that, I can't,
0: that's so frustrating to me I
1: started learning Spanish in middle school So my brain was already wired for that Right, so they got kind of similar
0: Right, right Yeah, when
1: I got to high school and had to do French It was just like a gobble (laughs) of foreign language in my head It didn't work, so anyway, yeah But I just
0: feel to that because you know, she recognized that exposing us to something like another language at, at that young age would broaden. Not that we would get the language. Right. But that it would broaden, broaden our perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, make us. I still know uh, Langston's Who let Tom Tom de la Jungle Bak de mon sang. Oh, wow. <laughs> I still know that poem from the second grade. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> That's intense.
0: <laughs> because she. Forced it into our heads like this is what we're doing. Right. And it changed, you know, helped change my perspective on the world. I knew there were bigger, wider yep. things than what I saw in Southeast D.C. Yep. That yep. I had a bigger destiny. Right. Than, you know, becoming um, someone who w- had kids and moved upstairs from Yeah, my becoming mother. a statistic. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And that all goes back to Juneteenth. Being proud of our heritage, being yeah, proud of the lineage are. of the black people who survived the Great Ma'afa mm-hmm. um, and came here and, you know, were captive. Right. Were basically kidnapped. Yes. Um, from their land. Stolen people. And yeah. made this shit work. Yeah. And there is no shame or guilt Mm -hmm. to be had about that experience. There shouldn't
1: be. Yeah. But I think, you know, a
0: lot of people, from my experience of the internet, you know, I saw someone. (sighs) This is so crazy. I couldn't believe I was watching this video. Of course, it was on TikTok because this is the only place on earth where you can see the most inane (laughs) shit you've never seen in your life. This man was like, who the fuck is Emmett Till? Tell him to call me. Oh, and I was just wow, flabbergasted was that it? a black person didn't know who Emmett Till was, like wow. He, and everybody was in the comments like, "Are you kidding me? Like, are you serious? Are you really taping this? Like, are you okay? Like, he had no idea. He had no. And the idea that there's a black person who doesn't know who Emmett Till is, right? Yeah. Like, how much work we get to do.
2: Yeah. 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 But that's how we stay mentally enslaved, is by not knowing our history in a lot of ways. You know, because if you don't know who you are, you know what you come from, the good, the bad, and the ugly, then it's easy for, you know, for us to, you know the systems that we live in now, we talk about now capitalism and patriarchy and those, and those types of things and respectability, politics, all those things that we talk about in those various contexts come from a disassociation with, with you know from our past mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah you know? mm-hmm. so, yeah
0: and the disassociation is built off of shame and guilt yes mm-hmm. yes exactly it's tied to exactly. that shame yep. of coming from something that you don't feel is good mm-hmm. or worthy oh, yeah. yeah. right yeah. Yep. Exactly. so you shut it off mm-hmm. turn it off you don't talk about it right. you don't talk about your ancestors you don't talk about your great your... if you ask mm-hmm. most black people they can't tell you two grandparents
1: but right. that's not our fault.
0: No, that's not our that's fault. A,
1: that's by design. It is exactly. by
0: design, and there are but people the effects of that. Exactly, it's what, from it's from the shame, the shame conversation. Right. right. The the thing is. There, these conversations get to be had. We get to be talking yes. about who our foremothers, right? And foremothers who we are, and yeah. who our mm-hmm. foremother was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, a lot of it isn't our fault. The, a lot of these records that have been kept from us because people don't want us to claim rights to whatever. Right. You. Th- they think we're going to claim rights to you know, per- properties or whatever because we are related to them because their forefathers. Enslaved our forefathers, our forefathers mm-hmm. and they, you know, rightfully they think we have some, you know, reparations. Right. Yeah, some reparations
2: <laughs> How about that. That's
0: it. That's it. That, that we have some claim to their because we do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How I mean, <laughs> but I think most black people. I want reparations. I don't know about the rest of people, okay. but most a lot uh, there's a big plot of black people that would just want their information. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'll be one of those because in my on my mother's side of the family, I can only go back to my great great grandmother. I don't know anything beyond that. Yeah, I don't have any information. I don't know. I don't know birth dates. I don't know parents' names. None of that because it wasn't passed down in our family. Right. Um, and I think that <clears throat> many of us, you know, those of us who who have gone looking. Hmm. You know, um, get excited when we find those bits of information about yeah. our people. And we were talking earlier about um, and this is not an endorsement. So I'm going to put that out there we, yes, right now because,
0: yeah, you know, people will be like, they stealing our DNA. Right. So <laughs> uh,
1: we were talking earlier about Ancestry DNA and Zoha and I both took the test last year. Mm hmm. Um, we took it for her birthday, actually, yes. because she wanted us to... You want to tell the people why you wanted us to take the So test?
0: both Angel and I grew up... Angel grew up with a dad, but he wasn't her biological dad. Right. And I didn't grow up with a dad. So I was like, for my birthday last year, I want to find our fathers. Right. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, let's take a DNA test and see if we can locate our fathers.
1: Right. And so we took the test.
0: <laughs> yes, we did.
1: And I'm about to go on a uh, a tangent, but I'm going to come back to why I bought up the ancestry DNA test. But we took the test, and I ended up finding my biological dad. Yes, she did. And Zoha ended up finding the family of her biological yes, dad. Yes, I did. And I guess it's apropos that today is Father's Day that we're talking, talking about, about right, this. Right, right. But I um. I grew up thinking that my man, the man who raised me was my father. Yeah. I found out at 19 that he was not my biological dad. Right. Um, we maintain a relationship. He's still my dad. He raised me. But then I had another 21 years where I was on this search right. for my biological dad. And I ended up finding him through ancestry, uh, ancestral DNA. And um, I also it opened up a lot of other family members that were available to me that I had no idea I was related to. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why I bring up ancestry DNA is because I think that it was such a pivotal part of the healing process. Right. Um, that was unexpected, but happened nonetheless. And that if you are curious about your lineage you might wanna consider taking some kind of DNA test. It doesn't have to be ancestry DNA because we know that who that company is owned by white folks and a lot of black folks don't want to give white folks the money.
0: <laughs> right. To learn or about their because they their think DNA. they're gonna do something with yeah.
1: it. Yeah. Well they probably are. Um but they also there is also a black DNA. Mm-hmm. Um search it's called form.
0: African DNA African
1: I'm not sure what it's called, but Go I do not
2: remember and I took it. So. Oh, you took the wow. African DNA test? Oh, wow. Test, yeah.
0: yeah,
1: so, so, but if you want to know more about who you are, a good place- a- African ancestry.
0: That's exactly mm-hmm. what it's called. African, African ancestry. ancestry.
1: If you want to know more about who you are, maybe check out some of those ancestry um, DNA tests to get you connected with your lineage and yeah. with your people so that you can venerate your ancestors. And you also don't have to know who your ancestors are necessarily in order to venerate them no you don't they know who you are yes
0: they walk they with you whether you know who they are or not especially your elevated ancestors those are the ones who you want to make if you're going to do any ancestral veneration you want to make specifically clear that you are talking to your elevated ancestors the elevated (laughs) ones, because you know unfortunately you know, the rents comes out in all kind of ways. You mm-hmm. know, you get some good, you get some bad, you know. And you don't want to be calling on anybody who um, doesn't mean you well. Yes. Because it's not like all our family members just because they were enslaved or... Um, you know um, Lived under uh, These harsh Racial systems That they were good people
1: Right Yeah absolutely. That, That's not automatic Right You're not automatically yeah, good Just because you're black Right reality. It's just not
0: how it is <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately well, I mean
1: we know that From real life Right exactly could you, you can just though?
0: like Look at some of the Motherfuckers in your family Right now You can tell that Some of some Catankerous motherfuckers On the other side That you don't want to have <laughs> Nothing to do with <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> Right You right.
2: want the woke mob On the other side You, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean
0: Just going chill on that <laughs> gonna leave your little angry ass over there
2: right.
0: and um also you can pray for your elevated ancestors to el- do the work of elevation for those who are not elevated that's their job
1: mm, okay
0: because they over there with them
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay
0: let them do that they stronger than you don't be taking on <laughs> yes don't take on any
1: work that doesn't yeah, belong to you I
0: mean because I think that's what happens I think that's why a lot of um uh, I'm trying to find a word to say this. White folks, them, yeah, I was, yeah, I, I think that's why a lot of them try to tie themselves to other religions because I, they know what they're going to get when they start doing veneration.
1: Well, <laughs> I think you are speaking some real truth right
0: now. <laughs> Everybody went John Brown, nigga. It was only one of him, okay? It was a right. lot more not John Brown, Right, um, yeah. So when they start calling on them, they gonna get some, some bags, okay? Um, and a lot of them um, know uh, that they need to do that work. A lot of our... I believe, this is my belief, it could be wrong, because we are so enmeshed and tied to white people here in the Americas, because of our past... Um, that their healing and our healing are hinged together. Mm, they're connected. They're connected. As long as they're not doing their work, it's hard for us to get where we're supposed to be. <sighs> that makes and, me sad. Well, I think it's actually a good thing because I think this anger and purging of racist white folk that is happening needs to happen in order for, to get it out. Yeah, yeah. Because we've stomped it down and made it hidden like it wasn't there and just like we stomped down our pain and made it hidden like, like it, it wasn't, wasn't there, there. Yeah. and I think that collective pain needs to come to the forefront so that we can get to a Versus. collective healing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I think a
1: lot of that is you happening can't too.
2: Really diagnose the problem. Yeah, yeah,
0: so yeah. That makes, you, you, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you 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 can't sit here and say that we are you know um, walking through generational so called curses and they aren't
2: Right. 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 Just
0: because they yeah. appear to be winning in this realm. Doesn't mean they're not cursed. Right. Well, I'm... mm, Let me... Just because you figured out how to play this game don't mean you playing it good. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? All the way around. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, a lot of them have a lot of spiritual work work to do. do. If You know, a lot of people say they don't have spirits, but I think... (laughs) I don't think people are not spiritual. That's a topic done. for
1: another day. That's <laughs> a
0: topic for, you know, we get into they aliens and all that shit. A lot of black people be like, they fake. they not even from here. Like you know, um, I don't know if I subscribe to all of that, but I do know that they need to do their fucking work. Right. And their work is to call out the racism and to handle it. Oh, That's not yes. our shit.
1: No, that is not, and that's why I do. don't do that. Yeah, white people handle your folks.
0: Yeah, a lot of people will be like, "Why you don't talk about racist stuff on your pages?" You have to follow. That's that's not my fucking job. I'm talking to black people about healing. I mm-hmm. talk to black people about taking care of themselves. I talk to black people about taking care of their health, their wellness, and things like that. I'm not spending a fucking second, a nanosecond, and talking to white people change until white people yeah.
2: start talking to They're white. They're not,
0: not listening people, to like, me any fucking way. You
2: know, way. Getting, on, getting in that shit like. You know, yeah. we have to get on ours and whatnot. So I've like,
0: never seen a white man do nothing unless another white man told him. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Well, there's a group on Facebook called the White People Roundup. Uh-huh.
2: No, White Nonsense, white Nonsense Roundup. Roundup. Yeah, yeah the yeah. White
1: Nonsense Roundup. I encourage you all to um, check them out. They're the folks that you call when they need to round up some white folks who are out of pocket.
2: <laughs> uh, I like that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like called the Drop the
2: Squad. That's yeah, yeah like, thank yeah. But it's that, white folks. Why <laughs>
0: would we, it, the burden be on black people to keep managing white people? We've right. been doing it since we hit this fucking water right since we've the been soil. in a boat yep. boat and hit the soil we're like i'm not doing that
1: yeah I'm
0: not talking to them it's not our work yeah i, I refuse what I the refuse. christians and
1: say is not my ministry it's not my
0: ministry <laughs> and a lot of like, a lot of people will see that as racist no i have see that as like self preservation self-preserva- yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly like it's a sickness talking to them like please yeah. like did we not just do we not have a whole holiday based on a nigga that talked to them for years and got shot in the head?
1: Right. I'm
0: not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) Well. I mean, happy Juneteenth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is part of the healing. This is part of the healing. No, I mean, that's so
0: real
1: though. (laughs) I I, I am struck by the thing that you said about our work being interconnected, right? Mm -hmm. And the healing of black folks being... Attached to or connected to what the work white folks need to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I gotta sit with that. Yeah, because I mean, that's like. It's rough. Yeah, it's almost like I feel like now there's a chain.
0: We are chained to them. Like I told connected. you this morning, I went through my ancestry and I literally traced it all the way back to the first nigga who came over on a boat and decided to have slaves in my family. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that I could even get that far. Like almost freaked me the fuck out, and then to see the actual change in my family from that white settler to my uh, black freed great 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 grandfather, mm-hmm. and then the family branch out into blackness from there. Right. Um, insanity. Right. Just like to see all that. I'm. I'm for. One, at least 50% of me is connected to, deeply connected to a white family that still thrives to this day in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, still, Irish. Still, benefits, white Irish from the money still benefits from the money White Irish family still benefits from um, the money. And, uh, yeah, like... I'm, like, what do you say? What? What do you like? I'm really, I'm flabbergasted. I'm disgusted. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm, I'm fucking annoyed mm-hmm. by you know, like when you're confronted with the the idea that your family is totally one side of your family is totally lived a a, a life that you had not pictured.
1: Right. right. That
0: it was not. The story that a lot of people have, and so what is your attachment to mm-hmm. to that story? To that story? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have to change my reference, right? Mm-hmm. At this point, like there is there is a clear reason why all everybody in my family generation, all these damn curly haired, light skinned people keep popping up, right? Because they're in the genetics. They're in the genetics. There's like fucking Irish genes and. English genes is what started my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just one black person derailed the, in, like, came in and changed the entire lineage.
1: Right. Yeah, that's intense, man. It's intense. I think if you're going to do ancestral work, be prepare yourself as much as you can because you might find out information that's going to throw <sighs> you for a loop. It threw me
0: completely off. Had I. I did not expect that at all. I did not expect from the state that my family has been in for the last two and a half generations. Right. You would not have known that they were only four generations removed from being completely white.
1: Right. And that makes me think of another point of this association with whiteness and whiteness. Being goodness and whiteness, not having any negative life experiences. Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes, 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 yes. That. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So by my complexion, my grandmother's complexion, and I'm looking back at her father's complexion. I'm in my head thinking of an African experience. Right, not a white. And one. How that impacted them and now it's really you know clear to me why they were on that fucking plantation until they moved to dc in the 40s right there was no reason to leave their whole entire family
1: everything was there
0: yeah from 1700 to then that's where they existed right there was no that was their family right
1: for good or bad that's what it was that was
0: their family Mm mm-hmm I can't
1: wait to find some of that stuff on my family. I hope oh my I can God. Come across yeah, you
0: really got to go on Ancestry with an open mind because when I saw that fucking white man.
1: <laughs> oh, you saw a picture?
0: There's pictures of him. That's how I know how rich they were. They have actual fucking pictures. Oh, you
1: got one of those. And my, and my
0: black ancestor that changed the lineage has a picture. Oh, you got something. So the that's how I know. That's, I was like, oh, this nigga was free. So I went and I looked and he was free. That people only people who had money could afford pictures yep yep wow
1: so you did stumble onto a treasure trove yes. yeah. in ancestry and,
0: and you know and I when my when my my uncle told me when they moved to DC they owned land they owned the plantation my family owned the plantation that they were on they sold it to Dulles Airport because the airport was buying all the land in order to make the airport they so I guess they really didn't have, you know, super attachment to the land because, you know, they were picking co- picking uh, tobacco and shit on it, sharecropping and shit on it. But and they thought this would be a better, better place, place for them. Mm-hmm. So they sold it. But it's really weird when you think about it. Yeah. it's a, I,
1: I mean, just listening. It's a lot of information. It's to take like in. when
0: my uncle was saying it, I was like, oh, so they owned it was their land. It makes sense. If it, only two generations back, it was your your great grandfather was a white man. Right. Then why would they not leave you the land? For why the would the, the mother land. not leave the daughter, leave the do- That's deep, man. Wow. And so then they <clears> came <throat> here and DC literally went through my family like Alabama trash. Oh.
1: Like they could not tore do up.
0: city. It was too much here for them, too much drinking, too much gambling, too much fast life. And And they literally, yeah, they like all sense of them for two generations. Since my grandmother, my mother's kid, my, my grand, my great grandmother and my mother's generation, all of them are just spread all over the place. Like, and I'm sad to say that plantation kept them together.
1: I could see that, though. I could see that the family. It gave them a safe space. Because everybody was in one they, place together. Even
0: my great great grandfather left to go to Boston, and he came back because that was his haven. That's right. where that's he was what he knew. safe.
1: hmm. Wow. Right. That's deep. When you put it in
0: that in that thought process like that, then it's like, <sighs> what's it, going on? It's so
2: interesting because it's like. You see that. That's just your family.
0: That's just my family. Just and my mother's family.
2: Healing and veneration work that gets to be done through right. our own bloodline, let alone, you know, here we are, you know, fortunate enough to have a holiday, you know, celebrating those Africans and what they were going through as like the symbol for everybody to take a day to say, Okay, it's time to put that work in for those ancestors that have, you know, gone through a lot of what like what you've just been describing right here, and it's like I'm glad to be a part of this episode and just get that reminder. Because when you said that, that ancestral veneration is part of the healing work, you know, something just clicked for me and it just reminded me of why I do the work I do. And, you know, I do my ancestral work that I do because it's about, it's not, you know, it's about that healing, you know, and some of it, some of the things that we've come through and the stories that will, if you do the work that you see, and then, like you say, you, you were surprised and you feeling all of these types of emotions, it's just like, you know those on the other side are feeling and it's like you get to set that peace. Yeah. Create that love, create that create a different vibration for, for all of it moving forward for your children.
0: Yes, yeah, crazy, man. I don't even know. <laughs> like I'm I'm kind of stuck honestly.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you You're yeah, step one. That makes You're just finding out.
0: <laughs> it's just <a> the <laughs> beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm kind of stuck honestly. So I mean, but it doesn't change how I feel about being, you know, black. Right. I mean, I'm I'm phonetically black. There is no way around that. Right. Like, I'm dark skin and big ass nose, big lips. So, but you know, when you think about that,
1: yeah, it does change things. It changes. It's one thing to say that black people were owned by white slave owners, but it's another thing to know. Who your owners of your people were, and then to see the family story, and also to see who they are and what they have even today. Yeah. And I was even thinking that at some point you might even want to reach out to them.
0: I'm good.
1: Oh. we <laughs> had step one.
2: Right. <laughs> You're yeah. doing the most. We're acknowledging <laughs> that they exist, acknowledging that there's something there. I
0: know. Because you know what I would
1: be doing? <laughs> Y'all feel like cutting me a check?
0: I, see, I y'all
1: feel like cutting me a check.
0: <laughs> I, I, I think that I think that 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 land was the check.
1: Mm. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The land is it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think the mm. land. was... To even? Because even when I heard, you know, like my that they owned the land, I was like, y'all own, y'all own the plantation, y'all own. Mm. Hmm. That kind of clicked to me that it was something different in my family that happened. Different didn't though. happen in a lot of other black.
1: Or families. that that happened a lot. And, and people now, okay, didn't well, talk, talk about, about it.
0: it. Right, right, right. Like, so it, it kind of reminds me of how in D.C. when you have, you know, older black person who owned a house from the 20s and their kids, you know, went out into the world and never came back. And then the city raises the taxes. Yep. And then they take the and house. then they take the house and the old person is displaced or the person dies and there's taxes on the house that the family can't pay off or whatever. Right. It kind of reminded me of that, except for they were offered an uh, offer they couldn't poss- they felt like they couldn't refuse got it got it which probably sounded like a lot of money in the right 30s. which
1: it probably was a lot of money back then
0: but it couldn't have been a lot of money if they got here and then they didn't have nothing to show for it true
2: people lot of all the time and then be broke you know
0: I mean and, and then and, back you know, then the years. family it was my grand, my, great, my grandmother had 10 kids then my grandmother had 12 kids that's yeah. a lot of fucking Hell kids yeah. a lot of people that money. Yeah, yeah that money wasn't gonna last <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, we just do. You know, I'm I'm the I'm the one with the most kids in the generation now. I have three. Right. My siblings only have one apiece. They was like, Nah, we good.
1: Yeah, ain't nobody doing all that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Small family over here. Small yes. family. They was like, It stops here. Um, <laughs> so, yo, when you think about ancestral veneration, um, you think about the fact that your ancestors may come back through your children, or you are one of your ancestors.
1: No, I never thought about that. Well, first, I don't think about having children a lot. So let me start there. <laughs> That's something that doesn't cross my mind. <laughs> so that part is out. But I, I've, never, I've never thought of the fact that I'm one of my ancestors who decided to return. I never thought about that. And even listening
0: to you say it, I was like, wow. You never had any links or coincidences or dreams or visions that were not yours, but were palpable and you could feel them in your spirit. That felt so real. like I
1: used to when I was a kid. Mm. I don't have visions um, and I rarely dream these days. But when I was a child, I had all kinds of visions mm. and premonitions and understanding that I shouldn't have had as a child. Um so in that regard, I could definitely say, yes, I probably am a return soul. And then just knowing how I move in the world, I'm very old in a lot yeah, of you ways.
0: Are. This is Marge, I ain't no fucking angel. That's Marge. She still wears slips. Yes.
1: <laughs> I do. I love me a good slip. But the lace is so itchy. <laughs> But I am very old in spirit in a lot of ways and I tell people I've been here many lives like I definitely know that part Mm -hmm. I might not know how to work my magic. But I know I have it and mm-hmm. this is not the first time I'm showing up here because there are things that happen. You yeah, know, we talked about that a few shows ago when I was like, I'm deja vu right now. We supposed to be doing this. Mm-hmm. There, there are times when things happen. I mean, there should be no way I have a point of reference mm-hmm. for something and I'll see a vision and be like, whoa, mm-hmm. what the fuck was that? How, yeah. did, how did I see that or how do I know that? So in that regard, I guess you're right. Yes, it has happened.
0: Yeah, we is our ancestors, y'all. We is.
2: Mm-hmm. You had any incidences like that, Chris? Oh man, yeah, for sure. Like I know, well, as you were saying it, like one of the most clear ones that I remember having when I was in Arkansas and I met this lady, this Indian woman. That's why I was amazing when we went to India because I've always felt like a strong connection there. But when I met her, it was like we knew each other from the from the beginning. And as time went on, I had. You know, a vision vivid ass dream about how I married into her family. I was a king. my mother was there. my mother my biological mother this life was there as well. and you know, like I married her sister, and so like our families were connected to show me that. But the trip out part about that experience was maybe like a year later, she told me like you know she' met this guy, and she was like, they were getting close, and they were looking at getting married and stuff like that. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's cool." And I, you know, but she's like my coworker, but we're cool. You know what mm-hmm, I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then, like maybe a few like a month later, I had this dream where the dude like came to me and was asking me for permission to you know be a part of the family. And I was like, hmm. "Dude, like, what you asking me for?" That's, <laughs> I, I <think> I <laughs> right? Because like, I'm thinking like Chris. Right. Yes, yeah, you're to, not thinking about your the past. The king life. I was yeah. in my other life, you know, connected right. to this family. And I was just like, I was like, "Oh, okay." And I've had other experiences like that a lot of times. Sometimes when I see certain movies, they'll trigger me back to, you know, lifetimes of when we were getting ready to come over here from the ships and how I was, like, dead against it, but I was very violent in my, <laughs> you know, trying not to get us to get on the ship, right. which wasn't necessarily correct. And that, you know, killing people to not put a, not go into yeah, slavery. Yeah. But at the same time, it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I've been here. I've been doing this. I have those experiences that let me know, like this ain't you're not new to this, and um, you know. But what am I going to do now? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I definitely had (laughs) so many damn um, experiences, past life um, experiences, dreams, visions.
1: Oh yeah, you get them on the regular. It's it's
0: exhausting. (laughs) Um, One of my most uh, vivid ones is. uh, one dream I had, I was like, and you know how you uh, used to wear those, uh, what do you call those, burlap clothing they had? Yeah. And I had on that, and I was walking with a group of people, and they were like, we're free, we're free. And it was very heavy, um, thick-accented, the way they were saying it. And um, I just, my, I was in a woman's body, and it was the the misery That her body was in was palpable everybody else was like kind of not in like jubilation but very high in spirit but her spirit was like just heavy Mm. and she just this whale came out of my body in her body and it was so filled with sorrow Mm. and sadness and they were on a beach Mm. And she just kept walking toward the water, screaming. And they were, and nobody was paying her any attention because they were so elated, you know, that they had gotten freedom. And she just kept walking into the water, screaming and mm-hmm. drowned herself. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And when, I mean, what is this, like four years ago? We're driving to, uh, I had this dream years ago. Like, mm-hmm. I want to say I was like 25 and it's like one of those dreams I've had it several times, so it's like I can recall it. I can recall everything. And so we're driving in South Carolina about four years ago to go to North Carolina. There's a beach that where um, Kenny's family is having a family reunion at. Mm-hmm. And so we're driving to this beach, and when we pull up to the fucking beach, I start screaming, and the dream comes back. Mm-hmm. It's the beach. Mm-hmm. Wow. That the woman was on. Right. Oh, my goodness. That where she drowned herself. Wow. And I, I couldn't even... I was just sitting in the car. I couldn't even get out. I couldn't even... The water on the beach... Like, it's not even a... It's like a um, beach. Only the... What do you call that? The people who live in the town go to? There's not yeah. even, like, you know, mm-hmm. a lifeguard or anything right, like that. Right, it's like, swim cool. at your own risk, bitch. <laughs> right. Um, the water yeah. is like the tide comes in so hard. Mm-hmm. Like you can only stand at the if you get in there, you like
2: undercurrent can get you.
0: Get you. Yeah. You gone. So the kids were just like sitting on it and I was just like like kind of like nervous the whole time. I just wanted mm-hmm. to leave. Um and I was just like I told Kenny when we left and he was like What? And I was just like, yeah, man, shit. Um, (laughs) But I didn't want to say nothing while we were there. Right, right, right. Because I don't want to freak people out. You know what I mean? Kids having fun. They want to get in the fucking water. (laughs) You know, and when you have remembrances like that or experiences like that often, um, not as intense as that, but intense anyway, um, it's kind of hard to deny that. Yep. We are connected that way, and a lot of people will be like, "Why do you believe that?" And if we was that, you know, magical and whatever, why didn't we stop slavery and all that? Like, I don't have all those fucking answers,
1: right?
2: And why
0: why do we have to have those answers,
2: right? Right. And if you're committed to the work, you find out those answers if you really want to know. A lot of times, people say that just because they're comfortable and you know, without having that responsibility, because as we know, even with how quote-unquote woke we are and, the and, you know, the things that have been revealed to us, they're beautiful. And then at the same time, I know for me, I'll speak for myself, I do feel, you know, even a responsibility now. A you huge know, huge responsibility. Because it's like, okay, I see now. I can't I can't go back to sleep. You can't you know right. You can't <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. once
0: you know something, you yeah. just can't act like you
2: don't right. know it. Right. Like right.
0: it would have to and I think that's what I feel like, you know, was really the really frustration with, you know, my my um closest lineage, you mm-hmm. know, with my mom and my grandmother and um her mother is that, you know, that there was some knowing, but you know, because of alcoholism and things like that, mm-hmm. they were able to put it to sleep right, mm, right. Yeah. yeah 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 you know what you i mean yourself. yeah and yeah. and <clears throat> watching some of my siblings do the same thing and you know being that person that has to can't do it mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. i have my own fucking trials and tribulations that would be easy it would be so easy for me to just act like i don't know any motherfucking thing right. just be like totally bogged down by misery and let like the things that you know, have been challenges in my life take over.
1: Yeah. Well, I think trauma makes that easy to do sometimes. When you've lived through traumatic experiences, it's easy for you to check out. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. Not, and not be present and not be participatory in your own life. Yeah. And so I think when we're talking about this conversation about ancestors and and recognizing and acknowledging who we are, where we come from, we got to acknowledge that the trauma that people experience keeps them from wanting to know more Mm -hmm. and wanting to, not even wanting to, being able to.
0: Yeah, wanting to live with, like Chris said, live with the responsibility of that. Right. There's a huge responsibility around acknowledging um, the spaces that you come from yeah. and doing the work to make sure that you don't exist there anymore and mm-hmm. that anybody connected to you doesn't, doesn't exist, exist there, there anymore. anymore. Mm-hmm. And it links
2: so well to the work that you're all doing here at Salt Pepper Ketchup, like one of your first episodes about self-healing and self-love. That's why that work is so important because mm-hmm. it's like you got to be taking care of yourself. So as you awaken to these other realities of what needs to be done, you're fortified and you have that strength to execute and and then know that like okay, I can't deal with that this day i gotta I need to take this time to pour into myself so I can so right I take up these
0: right a lot like of that. us have been tasked, okay. i believe mm-hmm. like, you know to take up that mantle to yeah. be the person that uh does the responsible thing, and I felt that my entire life mm-hmm. i I tried to run away from it honestly <laughs> because it was. Overwhelm me, right? But
1: there's no running away <coughs> from it when you got that calling.
0: Yeah, or the work I to mean, be done. people have, people in my family have. That's what I'm saying. I know my grandmother ran away from it. Mm-hmm. I know my mother ran away mm-hmm. from because I have all their specific talents. I see mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. that they could have done is what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. Every the art, the poetry, everything I know how to do came from them.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: I used to watch my grandmother draw these beautiful African sculptures on newspaper every day, all day long. Did she ever pick up a piece of paper and draw? No, she would draw them and then she would get drunk
1: Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that was
0: much easier than stepping into her destiny. Yeah. And because she had been told that all she was 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 alcohol. Yep. Yeah. And she accepted that. Yeah. And her life had reflected that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there
0: was no one around other than herself to push her out of that. Right. And she just didn't have, her spirit just didn't have the will. Yeah. And this is when, when I'm talking about unelevated ancestors, I love my grandmother dearly, but she is unelevated right. because of the way she lived her life. hmm Not because she was an evil, mean person, but mm-hmm. because she did not elevate herself in this realm. Right. So there was no way that she would be elevated in the, in the next, next realm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well,
0: well, well. We're not always, yeah. We're not always talking about somebody who's just straight up evil, right? When yeah. We're talking about yeah, yeah. they, just, well, an, they, 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 they had a a demon, or for lack of a better word, or a, a, I want to say Ajagoon, That's what we would say in um, mm. Ifa, um, but most people I'll say, I'll know. i said
2: call him the Dark deceased.
0: the Dark deceased, Yeah, mm-hmm. or you know, a jinn or whatever you would say on her. And we all have one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all come here with a, 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 a light balance and, and a, a dark, dark balance. balance. Yeah. Yeah. And it's up to us to move in a way that one of them shines brighter than the other. It's not saying that we leave our darkness behind. It's always with us. I'm always mm-hmm. going to be a cantankerous, nasty bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, at least you know yourself. At least you know yourself. <laughs> but I can use that. Right, it's it's the leadership. Right, right. It's yeah. a way that I can it's turn just a it into difference a leadership. Of it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, just owning this is a part of my personality. Um, but how do I make it useful to me?
1: Right. Exactly. And useful to others.
0: Right. You know, because at the end of the day, it's nothing wrong with indulging in certain things. But what does What are you hiding With that addiction
2: Mm. Talk to me Speak my language You talking about
0: Hiding it Folks not being Their true self Yeah what are you Yeah what are you Trying to dumb down So that What are you trying Not to do
2: My goodness Mm. You know
0: what I mean And it's okay We all have addictions You know what I mean Just Mm -hmm. like What is it Stopping you from being Right
1: Right Real talk What is it Holding you back from And keeping you from
0: Yeah You know I mean it's hard out here and I know a lot of people think you know that when we're talking about healing we're talking about go from A to B to C we're really talking about go from A to J to K to B to Z to D Yeah,
1: it's a loopy yeah ass it's line. terrible yeah. you'll never
0: if you could, if you are one of those people who go straight through God fucking bless you <laughs> teach us your ways oh great one <laughs> right come on the show yeah come on the show and talk about what you figured out <laughs> because bitch I make mistakes every day Yeah um and i have to apologize a lot in my
1: life apologizing is a good thing oh my god i don't feel bad about that it's a show of strength actually and wisdom when you're able to double back and say i apologize i was out of pocket i was out of line i shouldn't have did that or i shouldn't have said that you know it takes someone who um is very clear about who they are to apologize hello
2: Hello. Yeah. yeah real talk real talk
0: all right so y'all want to move on to father's day jeez we spent a lot of time on ancestral veneration but i feel like the ancestors deserved it they called it that's that's what they wanted so that's what we went you know i feel them in the room right now like it's real heavy in here right now the energy Mm -hmm. is thick like i feel like we kicked up somebody um we probably did yeah they probably about to slap the shit out of one of us but (laughs) it ain't gonna be me (laughs) sorry no no, (laughs) not me that right (laughs)
1: You stop Get out playing. of here and the car flip
0: over. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> we wanted to uh, create the space to allow for Chris.
0: Oh, what? I forgot. I wanted to give a resource for Ancestry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a, a young black man on TikTok um, called Walt. His name is Walt Way. Um, and he runs a... Uh, uh, thing called the Brister English project and I'll put this all in the description and he helps black people trace their lineage nice Um, he does a lot of work um, for the black creators on TikTok and uh, so if you want to have um, don't you know give services to a black person and pay a black person to do this work I would recommend him he's very very passionate about this work he's um put a lot of his uh life in to it um mm-hmm. so far he's very young i think he's like under 30 mm-hmm. um uh but i I, f- I feel like he's a valuable resource um for anyone who wants to do any of this work that we're talking about and wants to connect to your ancestors mm-hmm. so i'll put his uh TikTok in the, in in the, the description, description so you can reach out to him and follow him and support him. Um, we need to support black creatives in whatever work they do. Yes, we do. All right, fatherhood. You want to start this, Chris? Huh. You the daddy. I'm the you dad. the pappy. <laughs> the pa- I'm the pappy.
2: <laughs> Shout out to Bernie Mac.
0: <laughs> I love that man.
2: Indeed, indeed. That's funny. His way reminds me of my father, whenever I would see Bernie Mac, because he had, my father had that type of humor, Mm -hmm. like they seem to come from the same kind of humorous tree and whatnot, but um, how do I begin? But it's interesting, we were talking about ancestral veneration. My father's an ancestor at this point and whatnot, and some of the key men that were fathers to me growing up are on the other side, and so I know, you know, their presence is probably here as we've been talking about it and... um, man, I don't know where to begin with Father's Day. I'm, I'm you know, I am a father of three beautiful girls uh, that have made me so proud. They, one, graduated college this year, and I have twins that uh, graduate high school this coming Tuesday, and. Um,
0: Good job, Dad.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> they smart, beautiful, and it's just so interesting watching as a father, you know, the difference in generations. You know, like, they're growing up in a technologically, you know, they're growing up with the Jetsons that I watched in the cartoons, <laughs> Right? You know It does seem
0: like that, right? Right, yes.
2: right, right. And I see the pros and cons, you know, of that and whatnot. And at the same time, just you know, watching the seed grow from like little babies to, you know, these grown-ass women, you know what I mean? They At the, what is it, Something's in the Water Festival this weekend, and just like, you know, watching all these great artists, and I'm like, man, I remember doing that when I was their age, and now they're, you know, coming into themselves. But um, it all they, it all stems from, people say that I'm a good dad, but I get that from the one Charlie P. that I call the <laughs> <laughs> Charles Powell. It was just a, and, and I got to shout out my grandfather, um, Charles Roundtree. Like, when I do my ancestral work, that's who I shout out a lot is, you know, Charles Powell, Charles Roundtree, Ronald Little, you know, a lot of great men in my life that um, show me how to, Show me how to do this thing where I took, you know, a little bit from the good men that I see, you know, and some of the ba- some of the ones that I perceive as bad, yet were trying to show me something. And um, and I take that from them as well. And um, you know, is no joke, you know what I'm saying? I see like, you know, understanding why sometimes, you know, that presence isn't there. You know what I mean? Because mm. it's like we, you know, y'all were talking about y'all want y'all had to find your dad. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, we, and,
0: and we didn't like, grow up with a dad, yeah. you know, and Well, just, Angel grew up with a dad. Right, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, And so, um, but just seeing how, understanding how tasked with the responsibility of fatherhood, how why, how, and why some of us check out, you know mm. what I mean? What is that? Tell me what that is. What, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like what you were talking about before, the responsibility that comes along with that. And mm. then being black men in a society that don't value you or castrates you in terms of your power to provide, to protect, like, you know, in, under, in trying to do all the things that you perceive in your mind of what a man is or have been taught what a man is, or, you know, even if you don't even believe all that, but yet still believing you're supposed to hold some value in your family member's life and then feeling like you can't live up to that, that's when we go to what we were talking about when we say we check out through the drugs, through the alcohol, or, you know, through the abuse, through sex, through, you know, through various... through other ways that ain't healthy for the community as a whole and whatnot, and um you know it ain't easy. You know what I'm saying? It's not easy. And I mean, I see all the benefits that I had, and yet, even with my girls, you know, just seeing how I felt like I could have did better. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. we
0: all going to feel like you know there's gaps mm-hmm. in our parenting.
2: I yeah, mean,
0: even if we had to. I saw the
2: gaps in my parents' gaps Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Y'all doing? Y'all got to step this shit up, man. When I get kids, goddamn, it's gonna be different. It's gonna be different. I'm sitting here like, shit. Like, I'm acting like a motherfucker. Right. They are going to need the same therapist I had. <laughs> Middle
0: shit.
1: You know what I mean? So.
0: But just, we, we, I think we, we only can, you know, do as much as we are acknowledging that we are unable to do. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like. Like you said, like I I didn't grow up with a dad, Mm -hmm. right? So you have a a totally different experience. You grew up with a dad, and so then you had these expectations that were in your head of what a father is and what a father should be. Mm -hmm. So whereas I had this imaginary list that I had to come up with based Mm -hmm. on the men that I had encountered who um, were, you know, favorable. Mm -hmm. You know, and actually, I had a very good list of men um who entered my life in my younger years who were very um intentional mm-hmm. and showed up as yes. father energy so i yeah. like that's the un- one thing of being on the other side of your healing journey like yeah. not being on the part where you can't see the forest for the trees where you like oh those was trees <laughs> <laughs> it's like i can see how at pivotal points in my life black men showed mm-hmm. up right mm-hmm. And right. they were consistent. Mm-hmm. Right. And they were teaching me. Even though I didn't know that at the time, I had no idea that that's what I was being the, taught. Yeah. That I was being taught, this is how you're supposed to be taken care of. This is how you're right. supposed to be loved. This is how a father shows up. Right. You know, like So when I started dating and I went into the dating realm, I was looking for certain things and I, I, that I lacked. Because I wasn't clear that I had gotten those things Mm -hmm, From those mm -hmm. men who had showed up in those intervals But when I realized I had gotten those things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I began to realign what a good father for my children looked like In my Mm -hmm. head At first it was just The nigga gotta have a job And he gotta be (laughs) Uh, present And we have to be married Because Mm -hmm. in my experience um, marriage is the only way to ensure that a black man, stays. in my experience, mm-hmm. okay, that's not true, okay? I'm mm-hmm. talking about in my experience. It's not true. Niggas still leave when they marry, married. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was the only way that a black man would stick around is if you were married. Even if mm-hmm. they cheated, mm-hmm. even if they were abusive, mm-hmm. even if they were a drug addict. Yeah. They still was there, though. Right. So that was the bare minimum concept.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I
0: mean? So I had to really clean that up because... um um some of the examples that I had um were not very good.
2: Right. And I had I had those same <laughs> examples, <laughs> in certain ways for myself too. Cause I I mean, as you were saying that, like, I got to, I get to be clear that like my father, he was very intentional because my him and my mom split when I was three years old and she moved down here to the DMV. I was, you know, we were living in New York at the time. And um, but it was like you know, we weren't down there long before he was down. You know, coming down ninety five and always showing up in my life. But then, you know, it was dysfunctional in the way he wasn't always there. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. But, you but I to knew count his love was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but because he was intentional during that those first you know, twelve years of my life, then it was like when I got to be 12, 13 and I felt like I needed a new environment to thrive. Um, I could, I called on him and I told my mom, you know, yeah, Yo, I want to go live with my dad now and you know, my mother had other men in her life, you know, two other men that were prominent that sort of served as fathers, you know, on a day to day. But because I knew my father, you know, I was. Yeah, kind you of was a not school. connecting I, to them I was that like, way. Yeah. You ain't my daddy. Ain't <laughs> my I was one of them kids. <laughs> <Why not? laughs> and, um, and my father, the diff- he was, you know, Charlie P was a, just a very loving, gentle, like he dealt with kids. He, he worked in an institution that took care of black boys, you know, mm-hmm. like group homes in New York. So he was just like, he was just that dude, you know, people love my dad, and he was very charming, and, you know, I take after him in a lot of ways, but, you know, it was like at the same time, you know, with the guys that were standing, I I liked them, and and at this point loved them too, you know, I had to forgive them, because they were the more rough ones with me, you know what I'm saying, trying to make me more tough, and, you know, and be, you know, the boy or the man that they thought I should be, but... You know, I was, I was a sensitive little boy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not wrong with that. I think a lot of people view
0: fatherhood as a way. I, from my experience of seeing black men um, uh-huh. raise black boys, view fatherhood as a way to toughen up
2: their mm-hmm. son to mm-hmm. make them
0: hard for the world. And yeah. then as a mother, because I have the same dynamic with my son and my ex-husband. Um, that's his view and it's constantly contradicting my view Mm -hmm. and there are some things he's right about I'm not Mm -hmm. I'm clear you know sometimes I'm like damn that's rough but you know what I mean like that's not my business Mm -hmm. Um, but there are other things I'm like this is your trauma right? Right. this is not real Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and then having to Negotiate that conversation yes. with yes. him. Yes. You're like, yes. I have to find a way because I clearly couldn't do it in our marriage. That's why we're divorced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have to find a way from this co-parenting stance right. to have this conversation with him where he hears me. Mm-hmm. and Now yes. I'm not saying he's going to do it.
2: Right, right, right. But, right. but, but that that's, that's, I, gotta, I get my and point that's across for you as a co-parent to even see that and recognize that that's what's happening and understand it's like sometimes those fine lines between okay my son needs to get this into like oh no you're speaking from your trauma because that's often as black as a young black man who grew up that's how i got it, it was just like okay yeah you trying to make me tough but now nah, you you taking out the anger of your frustration cuz you ain't get that job you right, you know what right. I'm that right. Type of shit you know what i mean and so, it, and, yeah. and that's an
0: unintentional because i grew up in a home with a mother who took out all her trauma on us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's an unintentional space of a child that a child holds all the time for parents. You're constantly being beat on by your parents either physically, emotionally, Mm -hmm. or spiritually because they're not winning in the world when they haven't managed their trauma. They're not aware that they are walking in trauma. Um, And it's hard... um, to be this fucking aware of everything <laughs> all the time. It myself, other people, um, and constantly, you know, have to negotiate these things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you know, we are only refracting back to the world what we experience. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's not saying yeah. that it's untrue. Right. It's just saying do it have to be true for this person. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And are we teaching our kids t- these things because it's the way the world is or are we teaching our kids these things because we are g- grooming them to make their world this way you right. understand what i'm saying I you. I you. like yeah. it's a it's a it's, it's a, a two yeah. it's a two-sided sword you really you don't want know to be protect, you right want them to be protect right
2: themselves but at the same time at least have a a, a canvas of creativity <sighs> right that, it, that they can shut the paradigm and i could say like you know being I'm a seventies baby, so it's like I've seen the generations change. Like you all talked about the benefits you all had in the school systems, you know what I'm saying? And like now, and I can remember being in college trying to, you know, fight for certain rights, but then like now to see like, you know, what happened after George Floyd and things like that. So I do see a progression happening. And I see like with my kids where they don't think have to think about some of the things that I thought about coming up as a dark skinned black boy in D C. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, they to wear their hair natural. That's you know one of them. I look at her graduation picture. She has a fro on with a cap on, looking. You know, where it was like if I'd have did that in my during my generation, I had I'd have had to be sharp with the tongue and come back with the dozens even harder. Where yeah. it's like. I'm thankful that their experience is at least at a different level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do see there's more to go.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like we open one door and close another. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. But um, what experiences did you have as a young woman growing up with black men, Angel? Since we're venerating our fathers, I, mean,
1: um, I had I had a dad growing up, and I have four uncles. Mm-hmm. So my family was really kind of small in a lot of ways, and so the images of men that I saw were of my dad, my four uncles, and my one cousin who lived in our living room. <laughs> it's
0: always somebody living in the living room. Lived in the
1: living room, <laughs> <laughs> cousin Pete, and so. Some of these, my my dad was not the best role model growing up. He was a young father with a lot of kids. um, And he struggled with his own healing work Mm -hmm. and what his life path was. And so as a result, we struggled with him, Mm -hmm. along Mm -hmm. with him and my mother. Um, My dad is a very loving man, but he's also, um, he used to be a very violent man. So I got like a twofold message a lot of times. There was mm-hmm. the love and the the caring and the nurturing and then there was the violence mm-hmm. and the anger um in the pain And so as a child, I would always try to reconcile those two. It was Mm. almost like a Dr. Jekyll and a Miss. (laughs) Right. You didn't know
0: who was going to show up. Yeah. (laughs) You
1: you didn't know who was going to show up. And then I had the other images of my uncles who were the quote unquote good guys. Mm. And they weren't good men, but they appeared to be good men on the surface. Compared to your dad. Yeah. And compared to him and his anger. Right. So I had those images. And then the the other images of black men that I had that, that stood out the most a lot for me were my male teachers and educators. So I had... I had an elementary school principal, Mr. Holmesley, that would just greet us every day and make sure we all felt special and knew who we were.
0: Yeah, those black old school principals was the best. Hmm.
1: Yes. And then I had a black middle school principal, too, Andre, right? And, well, we didn't call him Andre.
0: But. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mr. Roach. That was his name. Oh my God. Andre Mr. Roach. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: yes. a terrible last name. <laughs> so I had
1: some really great, like, mentors and educators who let me know, even though what I wasn't seeing at home was the best, who let me know what black manhood could and would look like. And then I would say my father did took a turn in the mid or early 2000s when he mm-hmm. got saved and turned into a different person. Um, and in his in his life now and in my later life, later life, like I'm that old, but later on in life, <laughs> uh, I experienced him as a completely different person. I experienced him. as He's a,
0: very calm.
1: He is. He's, <laughs> he's a very calm and compassionate and gentle man. And he was always that person. He right. was that person back in the day, too. But the pain was so much so that he couldn't be his full self. Yeah. yeah. And that is where I learned about the power of healing yourself that's when I learned that if you took the time to heal yourself, you could transform your life because I witnessed it mm-hmm. with my dad. Mm-hmm. And he transformed his life. Um, so I think that was, that was a really great lesson that he taught me. If you stand in, if you step into your spirituality, mm-hmm. you can transform your life because that's what he did. And I don't even know if when he was doing it, he was thinking that it would right. have like that right. result, mm-hmm. but that's what it taught me. Um, and I mean, I you know, as a black woman, I can say I honor and love my brothers like I love my black men and fathers. Mm-hmm. And I <clears throat> what I would like to see, you know, in our communities, if we can do more love up on our black men, our sons and our brothers, because I don't think we show love enough to our brothers to support them as they live the Black experience in America. Now, I'm not saying we don't all do it, but we could show more love. I think to there's the
0: a a precipice that we're at in our community where there was um, an extensive amount of um, concern for Black men, um, but then um, there's this, the, the On the other side, there was not an extensive amount of concern for black women. Correct. And so I think there's this idea that everybody can't get helped at the same time. Mm -hmm. So now black men are not at the forefront because black women and children are are being placed at the forefront, which is, is so necessary. Unfortunately... Because black women are dying at the hands of black women, like black men men, at the hands of black men at such an alarming rate. I literally just watched a TikTok yesterday. This man chased his wife or girlfriend with their baby around their house and shot her. Yeah, I saw that. Shot them. Yeah. Killed them. Mm -hmm. And that's not the first insane incident. I mean, I literally witnessed one of my neighbors when I was a kid kill himself and his wife. On their front porch.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Um, So this battery has not been something that has been far from my mind for my entire life. My mom and her husband fought ridiculously the entire time he was alive until he succumbed to liver disease and died. Um, And I was actually happy he died.
1: Right, because he was because so she finally had peace. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because her his entire life he tortured her. Right. And she wasn't leaving. You right. know? It was um, just gonna be what it was gonna be. It just was it's just what it was. That's what they did, you know? Um and it just I think we do get to love on black men. I just think that like it can't be I think what at happens the is at the, at the expense women. of black women and at the expense of black queer yeah. folk, like when we do take on black men, I think everybody else gets put on the back burner because honestly, the issues with black men are so vast. Yeah. They're so huge. Mm-hmm. We're even talking about, even if we're just talking about neighborhood violence.
1: Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> truth is, is that our brothers exact a lot of violence on our community. Yeah. I mean, I just. They are the about,
0: culprits. Yeah, that harm our community the most.
1: I just talked about my dad, yeah, and my dad being violent. It's, you know,
0: it's, it's, it's frighteningly, and yes, it does all stem from patriarchy and racism. And, and at what point do black men say enough is enough? I was
1: just gonna say a lot of, I think a lot of the work that can happen and will happen and does happen is gonna have to come from other brothers, yeah, like, you know, saying, exactly. saying to brothers. That yeah, saying to other brothers, this is how we need to treat our families, treat ourselves and treat our communities. And, and there's it, a lot of
2: brothers that are doing the work that you know that I come across and that I experience. Yet because we are at the state that we are in as black Americans as a whole, you know, it's not enough. It's still obviously a lot more work to be done. And yeah, but basically like you're saying, it's like you have to have just like we say, white folk need to talk to white folk. Yeah, brothers black
0: men talk. need to talk about, like, right. We, we, I need, need as, as many need
2: more healing circles, and you yeah, know, I, yeah. I've been a part of them. It's like so, like a lot of times when I hear the pain, and it's like, or when I hear black women say certain things, it's just like because, and I and I try not to live in a bubble because <laughs> I know I don't live in a bubble. I, I work in a school, so I see my young brothers all the time, but at the same time, it's just like. When I don't have, when I'm not around black men that are like that, or or that exp- have that experience with them anymore, it always seems, you know, like when I hear it, it's just like a reminder, like yeah, our communities are still suffering because, you know, like just the story, you know, and I and I hear the stories too of an example of where, and sometimes I don't even look at it as just the the man at culprit. I mean, it's just it's the community as a whole. It's like he's part of. The, a culture, yeah. Uh, are yeah, part of a culture, part of, you know, a factor that's involved. And because men are, you know, like physically stronger, like when we emotionally act out, it comes out more so in violent ways, whereas uh, you're not going to necessarily... Have those same effects when it comes to the women? and
0: whatnot. I mean, black so, yeah. women can be violent. Oh right? hell yeah! <laughs> but yeah, but to the point where we are taking lives. Yeah, that, that's just happen. a bit more.
2: like I mean, I mean, I mean.
0: At least we just poison y'all. Come on now.
1: It doesn't happen on the at the same rate of which black men taking lives of black women yeah. or right. the lives of black children. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do think it is like a level of personal and social responsibility that mm-hmm. needs to take place. Yeah,
0: just as many podcasts that are cropping up to talk about how fucked up and ghetto black women are. There need to be <laughs> maybe not podcasts, but just as many spaces for black men to heal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think you know, un- un- as a this is just my suggestion as a black woman who's doing the work to help heal black women. Mm-hmm. Is that there should, if a black, black men should be doing that, period. There is no reason that you you have a leisure any 30 minutes and you're not helping the black male community heal.
1: I think that's a call to
0: action. Like I think that's literally, it has to be at such a rate it has to combat so much. You know what I mean? I
1: think that's a real call to action. You know what I mean?
0: Like, if there there were as many black men talking about healing as there are black women, every fucking TikTok, other TikTok, there's a black woman talking about healing.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Every Instagram, there's a black page, a black woman doing yoga talking about healing or shaking her ass to heal or Mm -hmm. um, making candles to heal or crocheting to heal. I'm not saying there aren't black men because I follow them. Mm -hmm. I follow the the pepper spec the pepper specs in between. Right, right, right. <laughs> I make sure my timeline is full of black men who are well, because that's mm-hmm. what I want to see and that's right. what I want to promote. Um but I think that it gets to be more of an outcry for that. Like that mm-hmm. those space spe- those gaps need to be filled. Yeah. For I sure. agree. For
1: sure. I agree. I agree too. We coming up on time here.
2: Yeah. All right, you got any
1: you more wanna- questions for Cap?
0: Um what would you uh as a black father raising three girls uh uh-huh. you have any uh suggestions or tips or for young fathers who are coming mm. into fatherhood and um yeah
2: coming into fatherhood what any tips i would give is well especially if you have girls i would say you know be patient give give yourself grace let them be who they're gonna be. And, and just love them. Just be there. Like 90% of it. I, like the presence part, like my father, he gave that to me so e- so readily and so easily. Like, you know, when people say, Chris, you're such a good dad, I was just like, I didn't know how else to be because my father was such a great one. And a lot of it was him just showing up. So, key, yeah, number one, show up no matter what you got going mm-hmm. on. Always make time for your kids just to be there. Don't worry about, you know, if they doing what you want them to do or if it looks like how you want it to look. Let let go of all that shit because they all here on their own paths. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but your presence is there. And even when it's not shown, and you know, because people, you know, Father's Day is like, like, people like to make jokes about it because it's not like Mother's Day or whatever. <laughs> you know, even if you don't feel that appreciation that you would like or that you think you should get, you know, Fuck all that. Just suck it up and just, just be there. Just know that they do love you. And it will come back. And it does come back to you, but probably not when you expect it or, or in the ways that you may think it should be. So I say, you know, be there, be patient, and be kind. Yeah. Right.
0: Do you have any tips for people? Because what you just said was like, like what everybody else, like I hear a lot. And then people will say, the the.
2: well, she won't let me. <laughs> <laughs> And I say you got to be patient and be kind in that situation. I got brothers that, yeah, that go through that. And we, we share, you know, we bond together around that. And in the sense of, like, when she won't let you, just know that, you know, your time will come if you insist on being the man that you decide to be. Keep putting that work into yourself because the kid's going to grow. The kid's going to eventually come to see you because she can't, she's not going to be able to control the situation forever. So when you do have that opportunity, make sure your shit is tight so that you can receive your children. The way that you want to And know that you know You know (laughs) I hate to say it but the game is the game And it's not here for you to be at. It's not built for you to win It's not built for black families to win Let me say that So Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times women will use that leverage That they have with the court system Sometimes because it's necessary Because some some of us need some more healing work And are you know abusive But for those of us that are earnest and trying to be dads like, And that system is being used against you You know Give, even give you know, you're gonna to have to come to a space that you got to give grace and forgiveness for her as well. But at the same time, I say pour into yourself. So when you do get that opportunity, you can stand and rise and be there for him. You know.
0: So are you telling them to be consistent
2: and keep showing up to the court
0: dates and don't give up?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. just want you to be clear. Because that's part of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta be. Yeah. That's why I say. Your shit gotta be tight. You gotta be consistent. You gotta don't allow the circumstance that, you know, feed you an excuse for why you can't be the man that you're supposed right. to be regardless. Regardless. Because right. if she on some fuck shit, then it don't, you know, that doesn't give you It don't you come out in the wash, right? It don't come out yeah. the wash. And somebody else's fuck shit is not an excuse for you not to be the man that, you right. Have, right. And that you've that you been born to be and that you're destined to be.
0: Right. That's right. I will, my, my brother's father, God bless him, Um, he, my mother was, um, functioning through a lot of trauma, and she was super abusive to us. There is no way around it. There is no way around to say, to talk about the childhood that I had. I can't sugarcoat it in any way, um, in case you're listening, Michelle. Um, Because, you know, I I talk to my mom. I love my mom, but I have to be honest. um, She had a hard time being a parent, and she was not a very good mother. Um, And so um, there was a point in my brother's life where my mother... I don't know what he... He had a lot going on. But I, I think at some point in his childhood, he just um, triggered her so badly. Um, and she was just wailing on his ass every chance she got. Like, it was like he couldn't breathe right. And um, it got to the point where it was so... His father would come get him every weekend, and sometimes we would go. Because um, uh, that's how he was. He would take us. If he had the money, he would take us. And... Um, and uh, he came and got him. He came to the school because he was very active in my brother's life. Like he knew, his, like he'd come to school, he'd come um, to the assemblies. You know, all that, mm-hmm. everything that was. Um, so that's why I knew that what a dad could be, because my brother had a father. Right. Um, and so you know, I don't know one particular ask, but my mother just told my brother up, um, and he called him. And uh, he came to school at uh, lunchtime while we were in the playground and took his son mm-hmm. and never brought him back. Mm-hmm. I, I think my brother was in the fifth or fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Never, my mother, and do you think my mother um, complained and tried to get? No, because she knew she was didn't have a fucking leg to stand. When he would, If he would have presented to the courts the abuse, right, right. Right.
1: she would have been arrested. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, she she didn't have a leg to stand on. So, there was no custody agreement. There was no Mm -hmm. nothing. There was just a man who decided that this was a fucking enough. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to get my child. Right. And if you're not going to let me get him from your home, I know where the fuck he go to school. Right. Mm -hmm. And they know me. And I felt like he did that intentionally. Like, he stayed present Mm -hmm. in the school's face mm-hmm. so right. that he could <laughs> yeah. come At some and point. remove his child whenever the fuck he felt like right. it. And, mm-hmm. and, that, and from that point on, my, father, my brother never, mm-hmm. until he was grown and he wanted to live with her on his own, lived with my mother as a child again. Mm-hmm. And never was subjected to mm-hmm. that because this, is, I, that man, i probably seen him mad twice. He was a very calm, like person. A calm, gentleman. very easygoing. You know, he just uh, he always listening to music and chilling. That was it. That's uh, boring, as far as I'm concerned. Like, really, didn't have nothing. You know, you know, and talking to every damn body that we walked past. You right? Know. He was one of those motherfucking parents. Like, he knew everybody. Mm-hmm. So you was gonna stop and talk to everybody for fifteen minutes when you right. was out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah just I'm just saying stalking. that that as an example, you probably can't do that now because of Mm -hmm. all the court systems and everything. But stay. Go to your children's school. Stay in their life. Mm -hmm. Be present. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make it so that it's difficult for this woman to come in between you and that bond that your child have if that's her agenda. I don't feel like that's a lot of people's agenda, but it does happen. <laughs> people do, do have weird Yeah, people <laughs> yeah. do have weird leanings. I yeah. Yeah, you know, oh, I like I don't lot. understand why we have children. You have children yeah. with somebody that's fifty percent of their DNA, that child is half of them, you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. This ownership conversation when it comes to children is sick and it's yeah. wild and it's weird. I don't understand it. Like That's one thing I'm
2: really grateful for my mother that, you know, despite the difficulties that she had with my father, it was like she was certain she was like, no, Charlie P gets to be a part of this kid's Like She never, you know, gave no pushback. And he never spoke. They never spoke ill of each other around me. So it was like even though I knew things weren't kosher between them, it was still like, you know, when I look, when I got older, I appreciated that they gave each other the grace to, you know, make sure that I knew who the other one was, and and that, that, that they were good people.
0: You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And my
2: father would say, you know, your mother's a good woman. You know, but always show her love and respect. Blah blah blah. You know, and my mother was like, oh, your father's a good man. You know, you know, she, you know, sing his is Super. Right, but she was just like, <laughs> but, yeah,
0: he's a know, good dad. He's yeah. a good dad. Yeah, and,
2: you know, she would say he's a good man. She, would, and really, she would say. It was the drinking that was the problem in the relationship. And really, I didn't go move with him until he stopped drinking. You right, know what I mean? And right. then, by then, he had begun his own healing process. So, he was able to be even a better father and whatnot. Right. You know? so, so, that yeah. that
0: that situation gave him the space. Because a lot yeah. of times, if we're honest, we can't... Sometimes, uh, some people have... Uh, 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 what do you call that? Speed up our uh, trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. relationships make our trauma more... Exacerbated. Yeah. yeah, exacerbated. That's yes. the word... And Sometimes when we get out of those spaces, we are able to heal. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. feel like that's what happened with me and my ex husband when we were together. Our tra- two traumas were so similar, mm. they mirrored each other so deeply. Mm. It was very hard to be around him. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that. Since I separated from him, both of us have been able to do a lot of healing work in our own physical right. spaces yeah. without being so close. I think yeah. we had to touch, right? Yeah, to get the healing work activated. Right. Like you know, we had to be in the same space, kind of like Hancock. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't stay in the same space, right? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because it was going to yeah. kill one of us, Because right. you know? oh, I literally man. felt like I was going to die. <laughs>
2: right.
0: I know that sounds horrible. No, no. No, you're not the <laughs> first person to have say that. <laughs> A lot of people say yeah. that.
2: Whether the death is quick or slow. Right? Man, Still but it was like definitely going to right.
0: But he's a great dad. He's a really good dad. Yeah. He's over-involved. Like, I've never seen... Like, he's the one who's like, I'm going to put them in this school. I'm going to do this. Like, we have split custody. We have 50 custody. I see them half a day. He sees them half a day. We literally see our kids every day, both of us. And they sleep at his house or they sleep at my house like... In my child mind, I would not have envisioned that type of... Right. Because in my head, I was going to be happily married ever after. You know, the you fairy know? tale that we yeah. always yeah. Yeah. But as an adult, I could never... Mm-hmm. I could never stand in the way of the need that my children have and the bond that my children have to their dad. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. You know what That's yeah. not my place. Yeah. As you should. And yeah. he's not... He just wasn't good for me.
2: Black dads matter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nigga. <laughs> Did
1: you just... I heard it. We're going to turn off Chris's mic now. <laughs> now we're going to cut Chris's mic. <laughs> uh, oh, that just got real white. No, right? <laughs> <laughs> we can't even cut Chris's mic because Chris is the engineer. Right. <laughs> you can't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're gonna let that you, we'll let you it. have it. We'll let you have it. We'll oh, let we you have it. it this we one time. This you want to do this roll
0: call of black men that were... Um, Oh you know, uh, yeah,
1: before we wrap up. Yeah,
0: just give some black men some positive energy before we leave. Like we do appreciate you, brothers. We appreciate the black men that are active in the community, are doing the work, and we even appreciate those of you who are on your healing journey and recognizing that you have some work to do. And we, you know, encourage you to do that work because black women healed black men, healed black women. Need healing. Healing black women. Need healing black men.
1: Yes, we need each other. Yeah, we need each other. Black folks, because we can't forget our trans and queer folks.
0: Yes, yes, and all of that. Yes, yes, yes. Everybody. Black heal black men. Heal black men. Heal black women. Heal black women. Everybody need to be doing their motherfucking healer work. Get your no matter who who you fucking. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
1: Well I already shouted out one of my uh road call black men, but I wanna shout out again uh my elementary school principal, Mr. Holmesley. Thank you, sir, for everything you did for us. Wanna shout out my seventh grade math teacher, Mr. Allen. Hey. Hey, Mr. Allen, we appreciate you for holding us together. My seventh grade geometry teacher, Mr. Williams. Hey. I had I had some powerful black teachers. I see. Also wanna shout out my very first supervisor. In um, age prevention services work, Mr. Chester Chester Fagan, who was a mentor and a friend and a father figure. want to shout out Micah Modica, a friend, a soldier, and a love. We love you, Micah. Thank you so much. We want to shout out Ron Davis, spiritual teacher, Mm -hmm. friend, and mentor. Thank you so much, Ron. Big G. And we want (laughs) to shout out Reverend Anthony Farmer. Thank you, Reverend Farmer, for all your teachings. Go, and your Rev!
0: Love. I just want to shout out. I want to shout out Ronald Sherman Sr., who's my brother's father. Like, you know, I've had my um, issues um, around the things, but he was really there for me at some. I told. I spoke about it last week. How he drove from Landover to Southeast, and you know, went in on them people in the store. Um, he was there for me at some very pivotal times in my life. Um, some very pivotal times in my life. Um, and even though he was, he's not my biological dad, he was a very good stand-in dad when he could be. Um, so I appreciate you. I want to shout out Mr. Khan, Mr. Bill Khan from Henley Elementary after-school program. This man saw the conditions that my sister and I went to school, and he would take sometimes new clothes from his daughter. Um, who were in high school um, and bring them in for us every week, give us clothes, give us their clothes, give us their shoes the clothes off their fucking back because we did not have proper clothing and shoes a lot of times to attend school um, And always made sure That we had extra food to take home After our after school program Got out at 6 o'clock So that we would not be starving Until the next day um, Took us on our first boat ride He owned a boat He took us to Mount Vernon And took us boating Took us fishing Took us and He did Like that man was literally A standing father for Until I was in the 8th grade That's And I was awesome. too big To go to the elementary school After school program <laughs> i had to get kicked out um, and um of course my elementary school principal mr clark Stewart henley elementary dude you was the fucking bomb you made my childhood really great you like just knowing that a black man like you existed um really inspired like made me feel good to come to school every day like he was like you said, like your elementary school teacher. I mean, elementary school uh, principal was greedy you at the school. He knew all our names, he knew everything about us. And like, I used to be in his office all the time helping out. Like, it was just he was just a dope dude. And um, Keith Selden, oh, who came to my life at a time when I didn't think I was going to make it after a very. Hard time um, came into my life and um stuck with me when I was really wanting to die. I wanted to kill myself, helped me through a few psychiatric uh um what do you call it? Commit committed being mm-hmm. committed a few times at 15 and 16 and um stuck with me literally until I was like 30. <laughs> got me my first job in human services, Um, yeah, made me um, the human service worker that I am because he loved and cared for me so much as a social worker um, that I was able to extend that same love and care to the young people that I worked with in D.C. and um, make sure that I was, you know, impactful in their lives, even though I was probably an asshole about it.
1: Um, like he you was were to me. amazing youth service worker.
0: <laughs> at the time I thought he was being a jerk but he was really like a, a the bombest um person in my life for such a long time and um of course Ron Davis
1: Ron Davis
0: I, I mean I can't I, that's a Ron motherfucking Davis that's the name that's it
1: that's it <laughs> Wow, that's beautiful,
0: man.
2: You got Mm -hmm. any roll calls you want to do? Oh, that mercy. It'd be too many to name, but I'm going to try and put a few of (laughs) of y'all out hit now. But uh, on the other side, of course, I've been mentioning Charles, Edward Powell, my dad, my my, my, my dog for life and in death as well. Uh, My grandfather, Charles Roundtree, that was like the epitome of manhood, pillar in his community. Pop Pop always had love for his favorite, um, well, his first grandson. <laughs> people said I was his favorite and whatnot. You know, I just think he spoiled all his grandchildren and whatnot. So uh, uh, Charles Roundtree, um, I'm thinking of, uh, who's coming to mind now? Ralph Neal, a very positive brother who uh, was the principal that I worked up under and really showed me what leadership was about. Shout out to uh, my uncle, Ron, Ron Ronald Little, um, my father's best friend, uh, Ron Davis, um, Mm-hmm. Very impactful man in my life, um also, I have to shout out uh, Ra Neferrah men of Sarah society all the men of the Al-Sar-Sar society who have major impact on my life helped me to you know grow spiritually and get a good perspective and paradigm on um, how this world functions and operates and um and I got you know a lot of my brothers in recovery now uh, shout out to uh Oh dang! I'm gonna put the anonymity on blast. Oh, I'm glad yeah, like, you say stop. shout but out to your Let brothers. me, let me <laughs> shout out to some of my other elders, some of my other brothers: Lee Manley, uh, Gabe, Mark, uh, Blair. Yeah, y- y'all brothers know who you are also my brothers: T.W., Marty, Olakun, Ronaldo, E. Short. All y'all great dads out there. Uh, Al, uh, Dwayne Patterson, man, I-, I have some powerful black men in my life that keep me on the on the straight and narrow when I get to falling off too far and whatnot. So, yeah, I just like to shout them out.
0: Awesome. I want to say happy Father's Day to my husband, Kenny, and happy Father's Day to my ex-husband, Derek. Thank you guys for being yes. supreme um, examples of what a father gets to be. Yeah. Um, and you guys who are listening, this is a time you can venerate your um, father figures and your ancestors and the people who stood up for you in your life as a masculine, energetic figure
1: um
0: and we love you guys
1: yeah yeah we do
0: this was a really different show
1: yeah it was a different show today it was a different show i want to shout out both of my dads (laughs) alan brown and dennis morgan thank you for being so awesome and for letting me be your daughter
0: Mm, you want to give out the socials and everything
1: Yes, y'all can check us out, Salt Pepper Ketchup Pod on Instagram and TikTok, Salt Pepper Ketchup Podcast on Facebook, and you can email us at saltpepperketchuppodcast at gmail.com.
0: All right, Um, and that's it for today? That's it,
1: that's all.
0: Peace. Peace. (laughs) (laughs) yo <laughs>